I love it. I just love it, man. There's a lot of things that um, we can manufacture and we can... If you go to China, there's nothing that they can't copy. Like in a few days, I mean, even if it's a Land Rover or a Range Rover, I mean, that, that's insane. But there's one thing we can't manufacture, and that's just, you know, the Holy Spirit. Who He is and what He does and how He does what He do, does. Um, and I love it. I just, yeah, I love it. He, you know, the Word does say, we're two or more gathered in His name. There He is. And I don't know about you, it's just such an incredible sense of He's here. And he's not done with us. <laughs> yeah, my hope for this morning, I'm so privileged. Um, yeah, just to share a little, thanks, my love. Um, just, yeah, to be able to share this morning, my hope is that after today, uh, each one of us would have a clearer sense um, of our purpose and the fulfillment that we find in Jesus. And ultimately this, if you wanted to give it a title, I know Sean was this, it's God's desire for you and me, for each person. That's what I want to talk about this morning. And you know what? You can imagine yourself, I mean, Trevor loves to hike, but imagine like a big rolls, but you're not big rolls. You, you know, you and I, you're stuck somewhere in a thick forest. It's an unknown location. It's mountainous. It's treacherous. It's wild animals. It's whatnot. You're totally unprepared. You have no kit. You've got no nothing. You've got to survive. You get to a little mountaintop and all you see all around you it's just green. There's nothing. No one. No lights. Zip. I don't know about you, but I do not have the confidence in my skill that I'm going to survive past a few days. Now imagine turn that into a desert. No water. That's a guaranteed recipe for disaster, right? There's no way out. Unless something or someone comes and plucks you from that place, it is just no way out. And that's pretty much our condition. On this earth. There's no way out. Statistically, one out of one die. Okay. There's one stat you can put your money on. It's going to happen. It's, it's inevitable. It's just a matter of when. And um, so I've just five points to share with you in terms of God's desire and his purpose for us. And I want to take it in the backdrop of us being stuck in a desert somewhere, somehow, and it's, the time is ticking. Okay, now imagine someone did rise up and found you, oh lost traveler, and took you by the hand and said, come, I know, I know a way out. I'm going to protect you, I'm going to guide you. Would you say, uh, excuse me, can I see your certificate of leading people out of the forest? Maybe you would, I don't know, I don't know, I wouldn't, I'd just say yes because I'm clueless. And, and to a great extent, this is the first point, this is God's desire for us, that we would know him. And to know him that we would be saved. And we know this. We might, you know, we are Christian. And I'm, and I'm guessing I'm mostly speaking to those that have come to repentance, come to know Jesus, come to love him. But let us not forget that this is his primary, primary desire for us. John 3.16. Thank you, Ryan, being ready in and out of season there. Probably the most well-known, if not Psalm 23 for most of us, but this is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Could we summarize it better than that? There's nothing that God would not sacrifice, not even his own son, for you and I. Guys, that is massive. That is actually massive compared to how we view ourselves and sometimes even how we view others around us. 
This is what God would do. Not for some man, whomever. He wants everybody to be saved. To know him is a desire of his heart. He's not blocking you and I. He's inviting. It's like, come on, come. Like out of this desert, come. <laughs> but it's a willful choice. That's the scary thing. We can choose to not. Then 2 Peter 3 verse 9 said, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Isn't that an incredible thing? I think wouldn't the perfect time for us to go to heaven is the moment we actually gave ourselves to Jesus, the moment we got saved. That would be the best time, let's be honest. But in God's providence and his wisdom, he's like, ah, <laughs> I'm patient because there's more like you. There's more people that I love and that I died for, that I want to draw close with my kindness and my goodness so that they can come to repentance, meaning it's that turning away from the old, my way lost and in danger of I will guarantee die versus there's life and life eternal. Now, isn't it beautiful that this is God's desire, this is on his heart? And that he would even delay the inevitable of taking us to be with him. You know, but when we do that, when we do repent, he guarantees forgiveness. If we come to him and ask for that, he will forgive. And we can experience his love and his grace. Probably something that will come in waves again and again as we, you know, open our hearts and as we journey with him and we fall. The word is clear. The righteous stumble and fall. <laughs> it happens. We ain't perfect. But that's when we experience grace and his kindness. That's point number one. Salvation and relationship with God. Second point I want to share with you this morning is holiness and conformity to Christ. Now, this is not something that might be you know, might resonate with most of us, but if you can imagine a potter, you know that table, I don't know the fancy word, you put the, you know, prepare the clay and you pop it on there. Wouldn't it be just silly if the guy walked away? Like what? You've got this clay, it's perfect, it's moist, it's water, there's, everything's there, the table is spinning, it's like, come on, let's, like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Is this going to be a, a vase or a vase? I don't, still don't know, but one of those two. Is it going to be a teacup? Is it going to be a pot? Is it going to be a, you know, what is it going to be? It would be completely insane to just walk away. It's like all that effort. And that's not what God did. He did not save us. He didn't draw us with cords of love and binding us together and fill us with his spirit and stuff to just leave us there. He talks about being the potter. And we are the clay. Romans 8.29 For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Two important words there, conformed to the image of his son. So when you and I get up in the morning, it's not just another day of work. It, could, it can easily feel like that, Let, let's not be honest. If you're, or maybe your mom at home, you've got the toughest job of them all. It's like, yes, it's another day of pulling boys apart, cleaning, all of these, the whole list of things. Um, it can be hectic. But God didn't put us on the table. He didn't save us just to, 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 to keep us there, to leave us there. There's a conformity. His son is the standard. We created in Jesus' image. It might not feel, we, we don't feel like that. But he's shaping us and molding us. And we have to allow the hands of God to every day, Massages. Do you know what happens when you leave clay like that? I'm not a potter. But I know if you just leave that sucker there, it's going to grow hard 
like clip art, man. Like it's gonna crack, the water's gonna drain from it. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna it's evaporate and then it's useless. That's actually what happens with us. And sometimes, I'm not gonna lie, many times in my life, dry. I'm like, like, but why? Huh, Andre? Like you just you just get there. Maybe you're so busy with running your race, and you're like, I have, I mean, I just can't. And then when I look at my trail, I'm like, yes, you know what? I didn't allow. Once a day, somewhere, sometime, I'm just not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and, and mold me and starting to shape me. And again, just you know, in the reflection of His Son. And then the second one, there's 2 Corinthians 3.18. He said, we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to, the, to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now when the Holy Spirit comes on us, What's he going to do? One of the things. Isn't this beautiful? He's the one who's transforming us. Now, sometimes we can try and obviously make fruit and reproduce fruit, but this is the best way to change. For each one of us to find the Holy Spirit, to seek him, to let him come and change us. He will transform us. The Holy Spirit does not find people and leave them like that. So we can be of good cheer and of great courage. Like, oh my goodness, I can become a Better version of myself, but not through my efforts. I can become that version of the son. That's what he called us to be. And I know YouTube and all of this is full of become the best, best version of yourself. I'm like, I mean, a little bit of truth in there, a little bit, you know, but the rest is, this is it. We need the Holy Spirit. I do, you do, <laughs> we all do. This is what he wants. It comes from the Spirit. This is, this is from God directly. So, his desire is for us as believers to grow in holiness and to become more like Christ. So let us allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. Isn't it also beautiful that we can see that in our own lives? But also when we look at others around us. And that's why we're in community. Because sometimes we lose our way and we say, hey, dude, come. Let's, you know, you're growing a little bit stale. It's like, hello, it's time to get some water. You don't have to be baptized again, but, you know, maybe we should go for a dip. You know, let us... You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and we have to help one another before someone just dries up and hard as callous and whatnot. Okay, that's number two. I think this is a completely random thing, but think about it. If you charge your laptop battery for only 20 minutes, you can only preach for 20 minutes on your, off your notes. That's a hack for a, for a quick sermon. Luckily, mine is fully charged. Um, sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> but that will go, we'll go fairly quick. Point number three, purpose and fulfillment. Let's look at Ephesians 2 verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before, beforehand that we should walk in them. Don't you find that fascinating? That God has actually prepared good works for us. And this is part of finding and discovering and being fulfilled. As we spend time with him, we should ask, like, Lord, sure, what is it? What is it that you have for me? And he's not going to keep you in the dark until the day you die or just before the day. Like, oh, you know what? Yes, I wanted you to do that thing for me, man. Like, again, that will be completely useless. So this comes to purpose and calling. If we really want to be fulfilled, we need to understand God's desire for us. And one of it is that we've got purpose and he's created us for good deeds. Let us discover that. And again, in community, this is also the very thing that we encourage. Like, I see this thing on your life. By the way, the way you shared this morning was beautiful. It was powerful. It was from the word and in the word. 
And I just wanted to say, like, you don't maybe know Bruce and Gaynor's lives, but what they've sacrificed, what they've given up in faith, houses sold, etc., etc. Not for you and I, but for the king. And I just wanted to remind you, Bruce, and I know you are, but there's some reward that only comes in the life after this one. It might not be here. Six, yeah, 40, 60, 100 fold. So thank you. So thank you. Um, yeah, so for each one of us guys, the desire of God is that we will find and fulfill that purpose that he's called us for. And it's significant. He doesn't also just go and figure it out yourself. Let's quickly go to 1 Peter 4.10. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. This morning, Michael came and brought a bag of coffee. I just want to use that. It's such a lovely example. He said, hey, I just want to bless Sean, but Sean is not here, so I'll bless you. And I'm like, no, I'll bless Sean with this, and then I'll, in any case, we'll have coffee together. But it's a bag of coffee. Now, that's a gift. I mean, I did not ask. I didn't know it was going to come. I was given this gift this morning. When I opened that bag, how many coffees do you think can I make with that this morning? One for Lisi. Okay, I see that hand, Lisi. Thank you. For Kevin, we've got. But that for me is such a beautiful illustration of a gift. He came with a bag of coffee. And man, if I just add some, if I open it up and I start making coffees, we all can have a nice warm drink. Isn't that beautiful? And that is, this is exactly what 1 Peter 4 says. Each one of us has been given a gift at least. You've got at least one. But you might have many. And it might be a right of discovery, but let us use those gifts. Why? It is to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Isn't it grace? You're so gracious that no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, you've got a gift. And he wants you to use it here and beyond. This awesome, again, this is the other thing that we in community encourages one another. It's like, hey man, you've got this gift yesterday, you know, the way you did that, and this is what we do. So that ultimately, God obviously gets the glory. Probably another example I can use is a musician. By the way, someone said, guys, I went to them this morning and said, yeah, I'm so glad they sent the A-team. Like, no, we're not the A-team. I'm like, you are the A-team. promise you. We love you. Honestly, love you guys. Thank you so much for always being willing to come and serve. I don't know if it's at gunpoint or anything, but here you are. Like, it's fantastic. Thank you. But it's like that. A skillful musician. Now, if you give me a flute or a harp or something, man, it's going to be painful. <laughs> it's like, our oh boys, pretty much any instrument is painful. Because it's just all about the bigger the noise. But when you give it to a skillful musician, isn't it insane how good it is? Even if it's a flute. <coughs> sorry, I don't want to inf- offend any... Whoa, there's flute players in the moment, sorry. Um, <laughs> tambourine, maybe. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, there's some, there's some instruments, I don't know. Um, the point is, <laughs> a skillful musician makes that thing come alive. It is stunning. Um, we all have an instrument. We all have a gift. Let us play it well, man. Let us encourage one another to do so. Okay, glorifies him. That's part of his desire. That's why I give gifts. Otherwise, he wouldn't. Four. Can you believe it? We're almost there. But point number four. He does one for us. To reflect his character. There's an image and there's a character. There's something on the externals. It's like, oh, that looks like a Christian. And not by the fact that he's wearing all blue or all white or all, you know, whatever. There's like something different externally about this person. Maybe it's how they speak. Maybe it's how they conduct themselves. But there's also character. Uh, and that brings a positive influence. And let's look at Galatians 5, 22 to 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there are no law. Because these are the things that come from in, that's an inward thing that comes out. It's part of God's character. I once quoted it blindly. I'm like, I added happiness in there. I'm like, I was instantly corrected. It's like, oh, no, that, yeah, sorry, happiness is definitely, it's not a fruit. I mean, there, there's, there's stuff, it was like it, there's joy and, you know, <laughs> goodness. And, anyhow, happiness is not a fruit of the Spirit, guys. Um, but those are. John 15, 8. It says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. You know, there's one thing that's going to come as we spend time with Him, as we allow Him to mold and shape us. There's going to be things on the inside that starts changing. The person you were yesterday, or the, I mean a year before. You know, some guys got like a radical transformation because they were like really lost. We were just a little bit lost, some of us, you know. But you're still lost. Um, <laughs> the grace is the same. The miracle, you know, working power is still the same. From dead to alive, you know, dark to light. Um, so there's no distinction there. But we start looking like Jesus. We start sounding like him. We start behaving like him. And if you're human, like me and, you know, maybe Esther, yes, you have down days, eh? Like you, have, you do have off days, those blue days. It's like kind of, we're going to leave each other alone today, day. <laughs> or just pray for one another. <laughs> but, but there are those days. And those are not the ones we're going to focus on. It's the other things that's impossible for us to do habitually is this, is to bear this. And man, again, we should, we should encourage this. Because why? My father's glorified by this. By us allowing the Holy Spirit and allowing ourselves to be conformed and to be changed like this, this glorifies God. And it's one of those things that prove that we are disciples. It says it right there. Last one. So I'm just talking, this is five points. Wow. There's going to be a lot of fellowship afterwards, uh, Kevin, I'm just saying. <laughs> Fruitfulness and impact. Oh, sorry, we just did that. Eternal life and kingdom citizenship. Maybe we need to do that again. No, but John 3, verse 36. It says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, and whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Now, this is something that Trevor preached on last week. Are you really saved? All these things, all these benefits, all the character, the molding, the shaping, and journeying, and being guided out of this desert slash forest. Um, man, God wants us to spend, not only have a relationship with him here and now, but there's an eternity that awaits. And that is one of the things that he promised us, this free gift of life with him forever. And we shouldn't forget about it. It's a desire. He wants us to spend an eternity with him. And as we saw, we're just delaying things a little bit. Let's not stop working you know, like some of the old churches used to do. They're like, whoa, we're just going to give up everything. He's coming now. Maybe he's going to be a patient a little bit longer. But let us not forget, this is his desire for us. And then 2 Timothy 4 verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And for me, this just em emphasizes the fact, yes, man, it's not how hard I try. I'm, of course, there's a response. Something that when, when, he, when he saves me and he writes my name in his book, there's something that he puts his Holy Spirit in me and he guides me and he leads me and he protects me. Yes, you know, there is a response. But there's something that he does. He leads me. 
like David said, oh, besides still water, green grass, even though if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear. Why? He's rotting his stuff. Like a good shepherd, the ultimate shepherd, he leads and protects us. Guys, we can take courage in this this morning. He's the one leading us. He will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Meaning there's going to be some stuff that we face in this life. It's not going to be easy, always. Remember the one guarantee, the one, the first call was, come take up your cross. There's a cross to bear. But it's not without fruitfulness. It's not without the joy. It's not without, you know what I mean? We are not left to learn. I love what Alex said this morning. God is just starting to open up his heart and look. And, 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 sorry, and, and also the guy, uh, the, little, the kid, you know, on the announcements. It's like that Jesus just spoke to him. He's like, I will never leave you and I will not forsake you. It's still a promise. It's relevant to us every single day. Now imagine here you are. You've lived your life, man. It's been hard. It's been good. It's been everything in between. There's going to come a day that we are being ushered into heaven. It's going to be a glorious day. We can't fully fathom it. We just have some pencil lines, you know, in Revelation and in Daniel and in a couple of other places of what it's going to look like and what is there. But the one thing we can be assured of is that he's going to usher us in. Well done, good and faithful servant. And it's going to, it's going to be because of the blood on his hands. It's because of the price he paid. So let us who are saved, who are Christian, who's called by his name, let us again just find our security in this. What he's done what he's called us to. And we can confidently walk. We can run. And if you are not, if you have no assurance of your salvation, if you don't know someone is going to be at the door one day, when you close your eyes, you have no idea, sure, am I going to be ushered in? You can have certainty today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder. So if you're not saved, and again, I'm speaking mostly to People who are Christian. And there's a journey of our love. And my challenge to you is, and to me, it's like how much are we designing what God has designed for us? We should be fruitful, man. We should run. We should run this race. We have only one, two, and it's only a couple of years. Only a couple of years. So let us, let us do this. Huh? Shall we? Can we keep one another accountable? Because the fulfillness is going to come from doing this properly. We can go to a banquet, but if we never take up our little plates and go put some stuff in our mouth, we're not going to enjoy what is there. I mean, that's just crazy. And that for me almost feels like how it could sometimes be. We've been given the key to this vault of life and abundance. Sure, stuff that God says, the plans and the purpose I have for you, man, you can't fathom that. You will, you, you, it's almost like you're saying you won't believe me if I told you. Let us have a little bit of expectation. And let us pursue that. Because he does. Huh? Is that cool? And then if you do not know him, this morning could be your, this, tomorrow, this morning you could say, wow, you know what, actually, I know. I know if I had to close my eyes this afternoon, my life has come to an end. I do not know that I know that I know. You can give your life to Jesus this morning. And I want to invite you to do so. But this is not going to be because someone has necessarily convinced you of anything. It's because he says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. So, gentleman is going to knock and say, hey, I want you. 
He pursues us. We saw James 3.16 again. For God so loved the world, he gave his son. All the wrongs that you've done, each one of us who has been saved, we've gone through this. We know this on a daily basis. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. We walk in this on a daily basis. It's because of what he's done. It's because of the price he paid. So I do want to give an opportunity for someone. If there's someone here that feels, you know what, sure, I've lived enough on my own way, then I would like to give you an opportunity. And I don't want you to stand. I don't want you to raise your hand. I just want, in fact, maybe we can all stand. I just want to say a prayer. Because if there's one person this morning, just one, it would have been worth everything and so much more. Heaven celebrates, we'll celebrate. So, yeah, just, just say after me. And maybe for the rest of us, if you want to say it, you know, just again, to help someone here maybe this morning, that would be great. It's like, Lord Jesus, thank you for your great love. Thank you that you desire a relationship with me. And thank you that you made it possible that you took my place on the cross. You died for my sin to give everlasting life to me. And Lord, I bring you all my sin this morning. And I acknowledge you are the Son of God. You're the only one who can forgive sin. And this morning I bring mine so that you can take it all away. Thank you for making me your son or daughter. And thank you for starting this journey with me today. I thank you, Lord, that your promise of eternal life is mine. And that nothing and no one can take that away as long as I'm find, found in your hand. Amen. Amen. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to share that. Whoa. And I just wanted to ask that. Yeah, I do, I do want to ask. So again, if you maybe prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you put up your hand? Very first time, you've never prayed that prayer. And I'm asking so that we can come around you, come and encourage you. Because it's like a baby being born. You can't just have a baby tend after itself. You know, you put them in the arms of a mom. Cool. And if there's no one here, maybe you don't want to put up your hand right now, come chat with me afterwards. But for the rest of us, either we somewhere on that, you know, that line of baby or old man in the faith, either way, let us let us purpose in our heart again that, you see, I'm going to desire what God desires for me. And to recap, it's salvation and relationship with Him. It's holiness and conformity to Christ. It is purpose and fulfillment. You know, He's given us gifts and talents, the fulfillment and impact, fruit of the Spirit, etc. And we can revel in the internal life and the kingdom citizenship that He's given us. And that's it. That's it for this morning.